Welcome to Politics Weekly. I'm your host, Nolan Cleary. Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. This week, guest Rashawn Blyden and I discuss Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin's meeting in Helsinki, a Marvel director getting fired by Disney, the fight to confirm Brett Kavanaugh, and more. Hey, how are you? Pretty good. All right, so uh, why don't we get started? Let me just plug my phone in, and then we can get started. Hey, guys, welcome to Politics Weekly. I'm again. He, I'm here again, just like last week, uh, with Ray Sean. Hi. He's from the Political Bomb Show. Uh, check him out. Um, now, a, a couple things I want to get into before I we get started with all the news this week. So, originally, I was going to have uh, Kathy Jew on. Uh, Kathy Jew has been on, uh, she's been on CBS, she's been on RT, she's been on Fusion. Uh, she, she's known for being a staunch Trump supporter. Um, what happened was I recorded 40 minutes of some of the stories, um, and uh, I was going to do half of the stories with her and half of the stories with Rashawn here. But um, that the part that that we recorded with her, the audio didn't come out. So I'm going to try and record with her another week. But um, so I'm just going to record everything with Rashawn here today. The other thing is uh, I, I just wanted to let you all know I was at uh, the Austin Peterson official campaign headquarters uh, in Kansas City, Missouri this week. Um, he's a candidate for U.S. Senate. He's hoping to get the Republican nomination for Senate and unseat incumbent Claire McCaskill, who is a Democrat. Uh, he's in a state that Trump won by almost 20 percentage points. Um, I didn't get to meet him, but I did go to his headquarters and I did get a, uh, a bumper sticker as a souvenir. Um, but without further ado, uh, why don't we get into the news? So uh, in case you haven't seen last week's episode, Rashawn was on there last week. But uh, yeah, let's get into the news. So let's talk about Elon Musk first. So Elon Musk has been donating to GOP super PACs. And, he's been, and I think they said he was one of the top donors of, uh, of GOP super PACs. But um, as Kathy mentioned, uh, there was, um, or as she mentioned, uh, he's also been... Uh, donating to uh liberal super PACs as well um he's donated to both sides but people were still freaking out and pretty much trying to eat him alive for donating for to gop super PACs what are your thoughts on this uh Rashawn? yeah um 
I don't know. I mean, myself, I I can't ever donate to a liberal PAC and support them. So I don't know why he's actually donating. Well, he's donating to both conservative and liberal PACs. But right. people were freaking out because a lot of his fans that are of a liberal audience were uh, freaking out because he was donating all this money to GOP super PACs. And they think the GOP is the worst and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know. Um, too, I don't. I'm not, I don't know why he uh, he decided to. Did he say why he donated to both packs at all? No, I know a lot of businessmen that do that. There's an in back in 2014, there was an independent candidate for Senate in uh, Kansas named Greg Orman, and that was considered a big deal because some people thought he had a chance of actually unseating. Pat Roberts, and if he did that, would it was the incumbent Republican, and if he did that, would have been a big deal because nobody knew who he was going to caucus with, if he's going to caucus with the Republicans or Democrats, because in the past he had donated to both Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, as, I think pretty much as a businessman, I think they look at it where they, um, you know, they don't want to be on anyone's bad side, so they support to both sides. I think that's how they look at it. Yeah. Um. Is there anything else you want to say on this issue? Uh, no, I mean I don't really see anything wrong with it. I mean that's as a businessman, you 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 um you give money to both sides because you don't want to be on anyone's bad side. All right, so let's continue. So Trump protests in Scotland. So at we talked last week, Rashawn and I talked about how there were protests in the United Kingdom. Uh, there were also protests this week in Scotland. What were your thoughts on the uh, the protests in Scotland? Yeah, I mean, as long as it's it's a peaceful protest, I don't really see anything wrong with it. It's it's when it gets you know nasty and violent mm-hmm. is when is when it bothers me. But I mean, everyone has the right to protest. I don't really really see anything wrong with protesting as long as it's civil and not violent. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anything else you want to add? No, no. Okay, so let's continue. So now we're going to talk about some of the 2018 midterms, although this one is actually doesn't have to do with the 2018 midterms. This has to do with the 2019 governor's race. So next year, there are three governor's races. There is a governor's race in Mississippi where the incumbent governor is ineligible to run again. Uh, it's expected to go to Republicans, but if the Democratic Attorney General runs, that seat might be vulnerable. There's also a, uh, the, a Democrat who's uh, the incumbent governor in Louisiana, um, but he's one of the most popular governors in the country, so we'll have to see how that goes. And then in Kentucky, uh, we have new news in Kentucky. So in Kentucky, in case you don't know, Kentucky obviously is a big Republican state. However, um, Kentucky uh, has a track record. Democrats have done really well in terms of governor's races there. So uh, Andy Bashir is the son of a former governor named Steve Bashir. Steve Bashir is kind of a blue dog Democrat. Uh, However, he did have some very liberal policies. For example, he tried to uh, expand Medicaid in the state of Kentucky. And actually, after Trump uh, did his State of the Union, Steve Bashir, who was the governor there, 
or who was the former governor, actually did the response video for the DNC after Trump gave his State of the Union because the DNC believed that uh, Steve Bashir could bring back some of the more uh, white working class voters. Um, well, now Andy Bashir, who is the attorney general of um, Kentucky, uh, is... Uh, is running for governor, even though the race isn't until a year away. So uh, Andy Bashir is uh, uh, the attorney general, and uh, it should be noted that the incumbent governor is Matt Bevan. Matt Bevan is a Republican, um, but no Republican has gotten reelected uh, in the state of Kentucky as governor. There was uh, a Republican who tried... Uh, to get reelected, uh, Ernie Fletcher, but he was unsuccessful. So, what are your thoughts on uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Andy Bashir running for governor? Also, I should point out that the current the last poll taken showed that uh, Matt Bevan, the incumbent Republican, has a forty one percent approval rating and a forty three percent disapproval rating. So, what are your thoughts on Andy Bashir running? Andy, I don't know much about him, but is is he rated in the polls at all for for uh, doing better than um, than? Uh... Well, the election isn't until twenty nineteen, so there aren't many polls. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know too much. Of, I didn't realize he was running. I haven't didn't come up on my news feed. I didn't see that, but we'll have to see what happens. I don't really know much about him. He's the son of a former governor, uh, Steve Bashir, and he's the attorney general of Kentucky. He's a Democrat, and he's running against incumbent Matt Bevan. Matt Bevan has an approval rating of just 41% and a disapproval rating of 43%. Right, so even, even. So, I don't know, it should be a tough, interesting race. I mean, we'll see what happens. How, how is Andy doing as far as... Uh... In, in the attorney's general role, is he doing good things for the state, bad things for the state? Well, I'm not sure much about what he's done as attorney general, although I, I'm pretty sure he's pretty popular uh, as attorney general. Uh, it was originally expected that he would run for re-election because he's only in his first term, but it looks like he's going to instead run for governor. Yeah, so he he might have a chance of winning, it sounds like yeah. to me. Well, and then another thing you got to remember is that Steve, um, no Republican governor in the state has ever won re-election here. Um, there was one Republic. There's only one Republican who tried to run for re-election, Andy Ernie Fletcher, but he lost to Steve Bashir, Andy's father. Yes, it sounds like like if he runs, which you're saying he's going to, he's probably gonna win. Then, yeah. Well, I mean, the election is a year away, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, it's a year away, but to me, it sounds like it might be a shoo-in. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, it is a red state, but we'll have to see. But anyways, so anything else to add to this? or No, no. Okay, so let's move on to the California governor, or the California Senate race, I should say. So in California, uh, Republicans were lucky enough to get on the ballot for governor as... uh, John Cox, the Republican businessman, will be on the ballot with uh, Democratic uh, 
Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom. However, in the Senate race this year, Republicans failed to make it on the ballot. Uh, instead, the two people running against each other will be none other than uh, Diane Feinstein, the incumbent Democrat, and another Democrat named Kevin DeLeon. Kevin DeLeon is considered extremely liberal for his strict gun control proposals, his, uh, him being the author of the Sanctuary State Plan, or the Sanctuary State Plan in California, and for writing uh, uh, a law to try and pass for single-payer health care in California. Dianne Feinstein is more like Joe Lieberman. She's a conservative Democrat, even though she's in a really, really Democratic state. Um, and it doesn't really have to be. So, um, but she's considered vulnerable. A lot of Democrats don't like her because she is a conservative Democrat. And for this reason, it was announced recently that the Democratic Party of California will officially endorse her opponent, Kevin DeLeon. Now, DeLeon is lacking in fundraising and is behind in the polls. Uh, So an endorsement from the California Democratic Party is good news for him, but it might not help him as she is still ahead in the polls and uh, is uh, still ahead in fundraising. However, the endorsement from the California Democratic Party is still a big deal for Kevin DeLeon. So what, are you, what is your opinion on the California Democratic Party endorsing a more far-left candidate over the more conservative Democrat, Dianne Feinstein? Yeah, I did hear about that story. I think they're following suit with, with New York where they What's, I can't remember the lady's name, Cortez. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Right, so she's far left as well. So I think California is sort of following suit in the same way. So mm. I think they definitely want to get rid of uh, any Democrats that's, that's moderate or even conservative, and they want to the go the route of the party, which is going far, far left. That's what yes. I think is going on. Yes. Uh, anything. I, I, I agree with that. I, I, I definitely think that they are trying to move in a more left direction and maybe it'll help them. Maybe they w- it won't. I think on the one hand, it may not help them. I think it goes to show that the Blue Dog Democrats really are dying off. You know, I, I don't I mean, on the one hand, you think, oh, no, this wouldn't help them because they're being radically left. But if you go back to 2010, there was the Tea Party movement. So I'm almost wondering if the hashtag resist movement is like the Tea Party movement for the left. Because if you remember, the Tea Party movement helped a lot of Republicans get elected in 2010. Yeah, I do remember that. I, I, I don't know, though. I just don't think, I mean, it could be just me. I just don't think that there's many Americans are that far to the left. I could be yeah. wrong on that, but I just don't think so. Yeah. So let's continue. Um, so the next story uh, is uh, the elephant in the room, and I listened to some of your podcasts, and it sounded like you were talking about it. Uh, Trump slash Putin meeting. So uh, people were very split on this. Some believed that Trump was committing treason by talking uh, by not being hard enough on Putin. 
Uh, and uh, others said that Trump did a good job and this was a great way to open relations with Putin. What are your thoughts on uh, the way Trump handled himself? Yeah, I, well, I definitely don't think it's nothing near treason. So I don't, I don't think so at all. I, I like, for the most part, I like what he did. But I, I wish, like, for instance, when he uh, talked about the... Um, the, was it the FBI? He said that. Uh, what did he say? I can't, I'm kept drawing the blank. Basically, he he kind of chastised them, and said that uh, he believed Putin over them. I think he said to that effect, something like that. Yeah, that's not good. So I, that the, that's pretty much the only part that I didn't like. He shouldn't have done that. So, but everything else, I pretty much was it was fine. But that part, I just wish he didn't didn't do that. Yeah, I agree that that was bad. Um, so, um, so my personal opinion on that, yes, I do agree with you that he shouldn't have done that. But aside from that, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if you've heard of Reason.com or Reason TV. Reason.com is one of the most libertarian news outlets, you know, out there. And they were saying, they put out all these anti-Trump Russia confront, you know, they were against the way Trump met. Putin and they were like, oh, Trump would rather trust the government or trust Trump would rather trust Russia over the American government. And it's like, you guys are libertarians. When did we libertarians ever start trusting the government? Um, and the other thing is, if you're a libertarian, I think you should not be for him going super, super tough on Putin because that could escalate a foreign conflict and that could lead to a war. And that is a very unlibertarian thing to believe in. So, uh, yeah, I don't see much of a problem here, aside from what you mentioned. Yes, yeah, same. I mean, even Rand Paul and Ron Paul was happy with how things went. And I believe, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, I'm drawing the Pat Buchanan, I believe. Yeah, Pat Buchanan. Yeah, I don't you know, know if I consider him a libertarian. Well, he's not, well, but... he's not li- no, he's not a libertarian, but he's just, just throwing him in there. Yeah. But, you know, Rand Paul and, and Ron Paul. Yeah. Well, I think Rand Paul is, is, is libertarian-ish, but, I, but Ron Paul is definitely a, a huge libertarian. Um, anyways, is there anything else you want to say about the Trump-Putin meeting? No, I just, besides that one thing that he did, I think that it's better to, to have peace with Russia than war. You know, so I, I think that they should just. Um, I think when they meet again, things will will uh, will deescalate, and hopefully they have a good relationship. Yeah, I mean, I think the people that are really mad about this are mainly neocons. Agreed. Yeah. So let's continue. So let's talk about the 2020 election. So uh, the Republican National Committee uh, is currently targeting Charlotte, North Carolina for their convention. Now, they will have their convention, I believe, after the Democrats this year, because the way the tradition goes is the incumbent party always goes last. Um, so uh, this, this time the Republicans are the incumbent party, so they'll go last after the Democrats. Uh, so, um, right now they're targeting Charlotte, North Carolina as a finalist for the 2020 Republican National Convention. Uh, right now the city council in, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina is approving something that would, or they're going, they're going to vote 
to see if they're going to confirm uh, whether the Republican National Committee can be allowed to hold their convention uh, in that city for 2020. What are your thoughts on uh, this? And do you think Charlotte, North Carolina is a good place for the Republicans to have their convention? I I think it, I mean, I think Trump won that. Did he win that state? Win that state? I think he he did he, win that state. He did win that state. So I, there's plenty of supporters there. So I I don't see why it wouldn't be a it would be it would it's a good idea to me. I don't see anything wrong with with hosting there. Since 1964, only one Democrat has won North Carolina, and that was Barack Obama in 2008. However, North Carolina was still very close in 2000 and. Uh, 2016 and in 2012 even though it went to Romney and Trump both of those times so I think that's mainly what they're doing is they want to have their convention because it's a swing state a lot of the times parties like to hold their conventions in swing states like for example in uh, 2016 the Republicans held their convention in Cleveland, Ohio, and the Democrats held their convention in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And in 2012, well, funny enough, in 2012, the Republicans held their convention in Miami, Florida, and the Democrats actually held their convention in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, but it actually, and the hope was that by the Republicans holding the convention in Miami, that would allow Trump. Uh, that would allow Romney to win Florida, and by the Democrats holding their convention in Charlotte, North Carolina, that would allow Obama to once again win North Carolina. But it backfired for both parties because Mitt Romney ended up winning North Carolina, and Obama ended up winning Florida that year. Um, but it did work for Republicans in 2016. It didn't work for Democrats, but it worked for Republicans because they had their convention in Ohio. And Trump won Ohio by nearly double digits. Um, so I'm thinking they're thinking that this is a big swing state. But what's interesting though is I remember a couple months, like a couple months back, they were another area they were looking at was Las Vegas, Nevada. And the reason why one of the Trump advisors said the reason they were looking at that was because it kind of represented Trump's, you know, kind of image for the Republican Party. Which sort of made sense because there are a lot of casinos in Las Vegas and Trump is big, you know, he's a big casino guy. He, he's done a lot of Trump casinos before he became president. But what I was thinking is that maybe he should do it in maybe what might be a better place is if the Republicans did it in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, because, you know, Trump might need, you know, Wisconsin is now a swing state now that Trump won it in 2016. It's now a swing state. Trump turned that state from blue to purple. Um, so they, he might need to win that state again in 2020. And then also there's a lot of white working class people there. So if they wanted a convention site that reflected Trump's new vision of Repub the Republican Party, they might want to do it in Wisconsin because that could represent Trump's, you know, that, that represents the white working class. That re represents the, 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 you know, the center of the Rust Belt. And that could really that could embody Trump's new Republican Party if they wanted to have it there. Yeah, I think that sounds like that sounds pretty reasonable. I I'd agree with that. Yeah, and I guess the Democrats are looking at. I guess Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is actually a place where Democrats are targeting. But I guess they're also targeting 
Binghamham, Alabama. And I think the reason why, it, what they're going for is they're trying to get the African-American vote. Because, yes, of course, they're going to win the African-American vote, but I think they really need a high voter turnout from African-Americans. Um, they really need to mobilize minorities in order to win, because I think part of the problem with Hillary Clinton in 2016 was she couldn't energize her base, and thus she couldn't um, mobilize minorities. And I think that really hurt her in a lot of big places, because if, let's say, uh, minorities showed up in to vote in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, she would have won Miss Wisconsin. Say they would have turned out in... Uh, uh, Detroit, then she would have won Michigan. Say they would have turned out in Pittsburgh or, uh, or Philadelphia, then she would have won, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Philadelphia. I mean, even look at like other places like, uh, like other swing states like Florida. Like, if she had been able to energize minorities in Broward County. Because Broward County is a real is one of the most democratic areas in Florida, she would have won Florida, um, which she needed to carry the presidency. But um, but because she couldn't mobilize minorities and she couldn't energize people, the majority of people that voted for Hillary Clinton, aside from big establishment neocons, were mainly Bernie supporters that didn't like Trump and thought they had no other choice but to vote for Hillary Clinton. Whereas with Trump, a lot of the people that voted for Trump were, you know, actually enthusiastic about the prospect of a Donald Trump presidency. And I think that really helped Trump. uh, And I think it hurt Hillary. Um, So I think they need to energize minorities. And by looking at all these areas, I think they think that they can help energize minorities to go out and vote in 2020. Yeah, I mean, hopefully minorities don't go out and vote for them. Hopefully they realize that the Democrats haven't really been a help to them. Uh, yeah. And uh, hopefully they, they, keep, they keep coming on the other side. So I just hope that doesn't happen. I mean, they, they are getting more jobs. The numbers, the unemployment numbers are low. So hopefully that will uh, energize them to vote Republican again. Yeah. Uh, or I don't know if they'll vote Republican again by 2020, but it might it might lead to a low voter turnout again, like in 2016. True, true. Um, but anyways, let's continue forward. So um, Joe Manchin, so let's talk about Brett Kavanaugh. So uh, Brett Kavanaugh, currently he has the lowest approval rating of any Supreme Court nominee in, or one of the lowest of any Supreme Court nominee in recent memory or in recent history. Um However, that doesn't mean he's not going to get confirmed, as we talked about, as I've talked about before, Susan Collins and, uh, and uh, Susan Collins of Maine and uh, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska are now hinting they're going to vote for Brett Kavanaugh, even though they implied earlier they might not vote for Trump's Supreme Court nominee if they thought that nominee would overturn Roe versus Wade. Well, um, and by the way, guys, we, uh, you know, Rashawn... Uh, and Omar Yacobi both participated in a debate about abortion. If you guys want to go check that out, you can check that out. It's part of a new series called Debate Central. Um, but anyways, let's continue. So, um, so Schumer 
is apparently trying to because now Democrats have launched a six million a whopping six million dollar campaign to try and stop Brett, to try and block Brett Kavanaugh from getting confirmed to the Supreme Court. And apparently uh, he and other Democrats um, in the Senate are trying to encourage people not to vote for uh, not to vote for Brett Kavanaugh. Um, so right now, um, Dick Durbin, who, I, who is a senator from the state of Illinois, who is also the Senate Minority Whip currently, um, he said that it was more important that they. Uh, he said it was more important that they get um, that they stop him, or, or they. He was trying to make it out like it was the morally just decision for Democrats to, to stop, stop, to stop them. Brett, yeah, to stop Brett Kavanaugh, yeah, and that, even if they lose their seat, is basically yeah, even if they yeah, even if they lose their seat. And he was saying that um, you know if you want to be you know, if you want to take the morally correct decision, then all Democrats need to unite. That includes Heidi Heitkamp in North Dakota, uh, a state Trump won by thirty six points. Uh, uh, Claire McCaskill, I drove by uh, Claire McCaskill's headquarters in Missouri last week, who is in a state Trump won by 19 percentage points. Uh, although Claire McCaskill, I don't think will vote for him. Same thing with uh, John Tester, even though he's in Montana, which is a state that Trump won by 20 percentage points. But also um, uh uh, Joe Donnelly, who's in Indiana state, Trump won by a significant margin where uh, Mike Pence was governor. And then, of course, uh, Joe Manchin in West Virginia, he's saying they all need to unite against Brett Kavanaugh and vote with them. Uh, and then that was more important than them getting reelected. Um, so um, and he faced some backlash for that. Um, so, uh, Joe Manchin from West Virginia said, um, let me pull up the official quote real quick. Joe Manchin, he was not very happy, but let me pull up the quote. Yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, that's selfish. Yeah. He's not saying anything about his seat. Why don't he sacrifice his seat? Yeah. Well, well, Dick Durbin is in Illinois. Illinois is a very Demo- I mean, you got to remember Illinois is Obama's home state. It's a very Dem- it's a very democratic state. Yes, they have a Republican governor who is considered vulnerable this year, but overall it's considered a blue state which hasn't voted uh Republican since uh 1988 when George H.W. Bush was running. It's also the state that Hillary Clinton was born in, I believe. But anyways, here's the official quote from Joe Manchin in West Virginia. He says, I'll be 71 years old in August. You're going to whip me? Kiss my you-know-what. Wow. And he didn't actually say, kiss my A-word. He did actually say the words, you-know-what. He actually said, kiss my you-know-what quote. Hmm. Um, and I think the night... Uh, it was announced that Brett Kavanaugh was the nominee. Uh, a Republican Senate PAC actually started putting out ads in North Dakota and West Virginia and Missouri and all these big Democratic states 
saying, tell Senator so-and-so to vote for Brett Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court. But it's looking more and more like Joe Manchin might actually vote for Brett Kavanaugh, which would be good news for Republicans. Um, but the bad news for Republicans is that Rand Paul says he is not, not sure whether he will vote for Brett Kavanaugh. The reason why was because apparently Brett Kavanaugh uh, wrote a majority opinion when he was on the circuit court saying that he believes that in cases of in national security cases, uh, the fourth, uh, it's OK for the government to, you know, have some of its citizens if there's a national security crisis and that that was still compatible with the Fourth Amendment. This has made many libertarians like uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano upset, and it's made Rand Paul, who many people uh, from Kentucky, who many people view as the most libertarian member of the Senate, though perhaps not libertarian enough, not as libertarian as his father, the great Ron Paul. Um, but that's made many people, uh, or that's made him concerned so he says he's not sure, but he says he'll look at how he does on the other nine Bill of Rights. How, like, what his opinion are on the other amendments of the Bill of Rights? So what are your thoughts on uh, Rand Paul saying he might not vote for Brett Kavanaugh? Well, I think I'm not I'm, if I think didn't he uh, say the same thing about Neil Gorsuch? He that he wasn't going to vote for him, but he ended up voted for him. Is no, that right? I oh, no, he, he liked Neil Gorsuch. Oh, he Neil, did like him. Oh. Yeah, because Neil Gorsuch was the thing about Brett Kavanaugh is he's very much um, he's more he, he's more of a Trumpy Republican. He's very much in line with Trump's agenda. Neil Gorsuch was not. Neil Gorsuch was more in line with actual conservatism and small government policies and he was actually libertarian-ish i would argue um and so neil gorsuch um i don't think he had any problem voting for neil gorsuch i think you're thinking of mike pompeo yeah that's probably what i'm thinking yeah he was the secretary of state choice um mike pompeo when he was in the house of representatives voted for uh an nsa surveillance program um, he was also uh, against uh, gay marriage and other stuff, um, but mainly it was his ju- just his track record on civil liberties in general was uh, a bit confusing and a bit worrisome. And so for that reason, Rand Paul said he might not vote for him. However, it's assumed that he was pretty much coerced by his Republican colleagues into voting for Mike Pompeo. Um, he did not vote for Gina Haspel. He said he wouldn't, and he stuck to his word on that. He and Jeff Flake voted against Gina Haspel. John McCain wasn't in the Senate, but he said he would have voted against her because he was tortured, and he didn't like how sh- she resorted to tactics of torture. Right. Yeah, so I'm get- he's on the fence, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that some of his colleagues are going to try to convince him because he didn't flat out say no. So there's still a chance that he might, like you said, he look at the other, uh, the other feeling on on how he voted on as far as yeah on the Bill of Rights right and other civil liberties. What's his what's the rest of his track record on? So that's one civil liberty that's gone. What are his track records on the other civil liberties? Right, right. So um, and then another thing about this is that um, 
What What are your thoughts on uh, Joe Manchin uh, firing back against Chuck Schumer and Dick Durbin? I I I don't blame him on that. I I you know, like I said, I feel like it's not it's, it's I mean it's not a good move to tell someone in your own party that hey, you sacrifice your seat. For the you know f- just to block a, no- a nominee that you don't want in there, I, I would fire yeah. back too. I would f- definitely fire back at him. So I, I say that's a good thing that he's firing back at him. What are your thoughts on um, uh, what are your thoughts on what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, do you think that Joe Manchin is going to vote for Brett Kavanaugh? Um, I. Is he is he's uh is he gonna be uh is his state what state is he in again West Virginia West Virginia so I think he will vote for him yeah and he voted for Gorsuch yeah so I'm I'm pretty sure he will I if he voted for Gorsuch I I'm pretty sure he's gonna vote for for uh Kavanaugh as well Kavanaugh Kavanaugh what about Heidi Heitkamp in North Dakota uh and uh. Joe Donnelly in Indiana. I think North Dakota will Indiana, um, probably, but I'm not sure on that one. Because they both voted for uh, Neil Gorsuch, as right. well. Do you think? Because Claire McCaskill didn't vote for uh, Neil Gorsuch, but she she said recently that she was worried about her Senate seat. She said, uh, you know, she's running against two. Well-spoken individuals, uh, one of which I was actually at his ca- campaign headquarters uh, recently helping out, uh, Austin Peterson. He's mm-hmm. running for the U.S. Senate in Missouri to try and unseat Claire McCaskill. I was at his headquarters. Uh, there's also Josh Hawley, who's the attorney general who's running. And she said she's worried she's going to lose her seat because she's in a tough battle. Well, then she will definitely vote for him. But she didn't vote for Gorsuch, though. Yeah, but, but I feel that now she's... She's a, she feels like her seat is in jeopardy. I think that that may push her to vote for him. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to comment on this issue? Uh, uh, no, nothing. All right. So why don't we move on to the next story? So Trump wants to paint Air Force One red, white, and blue. So reports are now coming out that Donald Trump wants to repaint Air Force One red, white, and blue because he thinks that right now, red, white, and blue, that the the Air Force One doesn't look patriotic enough. This is actually a real story. I'm, I swear this is not actually a, a an article from The Onion. This is an actual story. <laughs> but um, what are your thoughts on Trump trying to paint the, white, the Air Force One red, white, and blue? Is it a good idea uh, or not? Oh, also, I should point out that if he does go through with this, this will be the first time since the Kennedy administration that this happens because the current design of Air Force One was suggested by Jackie Kennedy during the administration of John F. Kennedy. Anyways, continue. Yeah, I I haven't heard about this story. This is you're right. It sounds almost made up, but yeah. Um... I don't know. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter either way. I guess it's not a big deal to me unless it's going to cost us American payers a lot of money. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I'm I'm almost certain this would have this would have to cost federal money. There would have to be federal money involved. 
then no, I don't. I don't want him to touch it. Then it's it's, yeah. it's not it's not exactly. Here. It's not worth it. It's, it's the design of a plane. I mean, there there's much better things to worry about. Don't throw your taxpayer money towards that. Right. Unless he wants to, of course, take his own money and do it. Then I say yeah. Yeah, but I I think even Trump probably doesn't have enough money to to do that. But yeah, I agree with you. So um, yeah. So do you have anything you want to uh, add on this issue? No, I mean I just think if he wants to use his own money, go ahead. But I don't want my tax dollars being paid, being being spent on that. That it's not necessary. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on to the next story. So do you know who Joe Walsh is? Joe Walsh. Why does it ring a bell? Uh, Joe Walsh, Joe Walsh. Refresh my mind. So Joe Walsh was a... Let me pull up what district he was from. Joe Walsh was a, uh, a congressman from the state of Illinois. Uh he was in a very liberal area. Um, but in 2010, he campaigned on a Tea Party platform, and that actually helped him win that congressional seat. Um, he was considered a controversial figure. Um, uh, he had libertarianish policies and has expressed interest in running for the libertarian nomination for president in 2020. But uh, he... Um, was a member of the Tea Party movement. In the 90s, uh, he was uh, a centrist Democrat, or he was a centrist Republican who supported gun control. But in 2010, he switched his position and became a Tea Party Republican. He won on that platform, but two years later, he lost re-election to uh, Tammy, uh, Tammy Duckworth, who is uh, a war hero, um, I don't agree with all of Tammy Duckworth's policies, but, you know, she is definitely a war hero uh, who sacrificed a lot, and she ought to be given, you know, great, great, great respect for that. I mean, she lost both of her legs in combat, so she really is an American hero. Um, so she beat him in the, prim- in the election for that seat um, in 2012. So he was unseated. And so then he um, he did a radio show, and then in 2016 he became a big supporter of Donald John Trump. Um, however, he has since reversed his opinion on this. Um, because let me pull up the tweet that he put out. Trump. Resend. I wonder if it's anything to do with uh, Russia. Yeah, it was. Hold on. He says. Uh, well, he here. Let me pull it up. So before the election, he was a big Trump supporter. He said, "If Trump loses, I'm grabbing my musket." Um. So let's see one of the things he says. One of the things he said was, Trump was a traitor today. I cannot support a traitor. No decent American should. And then he says, another thing he says, 
uh, is, uh, look, I'm no big deal, but today is the final straw for me. I will never support Trump again. If that makes me a never-Trumper, so be it. I am a Tea Party conservative. That will never tra- change. But Trump was a traitor to, his, to this country today. This must not be accepted. Speak out. That's ridiculous. I don't see how he was a traitor to the country. I, I don't like what he said, but it didn't, it didn't stop me from being a supporter. I'm, I still support him. I just I spoke out about it on my own podcast. I didn't like what he did there. But I don't, I don't think you, I could go as far as calling him a traitor. I just don't, don't think so. There's plenty of other presidents that did worse that I would consider a tra- traitor. You know, a traitor. Yeah. Well, and then also, I mean, he, what was he supposed to do? I mean, he escalate conflict and start a war with Russia. I mean, that doesn't seem like the conservative option. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my thinking, if I, if I'm, if I, you know, if I, I, if I had to draw a conclusion, I would say this FBI agent and the DOJ, they are, attacking me and going after me for something that I know I didn't do. And it's going to be, it's hard for me to go out there and, and defend them. So maybe that's what he was thinking. He was like, how am I going to defend these guys when they are coming after me with these bogus, as he calls it a witch hunt. And I think maybe, I mean, I could be it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't know what he actually think thought, but it could be that he just didn't want to want to defend the agencies that are attacking him left and right. For a witch hunt, as he calls it. Yeah. Uh, so anything you want to comment on again or anything else about Joe Walsh rescinding his Trump support you want to comment on? Yeah, I just don't think I, th- I don't think that that um, that's something he should rescind his, his support on because it's, it wasn't he wasn't being a traitor. It was a big mistake. Yes, but he wasn't being a traitor. So I think that it would probably hopefully it will come back to bite him for doing that. Yeah. Well, there's also a rumor he might run for the Libertarian Party nomination in 2020 for president, which might be effective because we cannot have I don't know how I'd feel about that. I don't think he'd be he'd be good, but he'd be better than Bill Weld. But he, I think he'd be too much like Bob Barr in 2008. But I would still prefer uh, John McAfee as the nominee for the Libertarians in 2020. But anyways, I digress. So let's continue. So um, pa- this past Tuesday, there was a runoff election for a House seat. Um, there was uh, Martha Roby is currently a congressman or congresswoman in the state of Alabama. Uh, she's in a, an extremely Republican district. Uh, and... Um, However, she was being primaried by uh, a guy named Bobby Bright. So Bobby Bright uh, was a former Democratic congressman. He was a blue dog Democrat, but he was a former Democratic congressman, a blue dog Democrat, mind you. But he served in that seat for two years, um, and he was a big Trump supporter. Uh, And he was also the former mayor of Montgomery. Now, in 2016, um, Martha Roby came under fire because she rescinded her endorsement of Trump 
because after he said grab her after the Axis Hollywood tapes came out, he said grab her by the p word, and she thought that was despicable. Uh, and so, um, so she said that um, she couldn't endorse Trump, she couldn't support Trump, and that came back to bite her because she uh, Bobby Bright came back this time. Bobby Bright ran as a Republican for the seat. And he almost won. Um, but, uh, uh, and what happened was on primary night in Alabama, there were, uh, neither of the two candidates, neither Bright or Roby received, uh, 50% of the vote. So they had to have a runoff. And in the runoff, we can now say that Martha Roby will be the nominee, uh, for the next, uh, for this year, uh, it's the seat. Her seat is currently being listed as safely Republican, so it wasn't going to make any uh, difference if Bobby Bright won the nomination. But uh, yeah, so Martha Roby only narrowly uh, escaped that. Uh, that you know the clutches of doom. What are your thoughts on uh, Martha Roby getting the nomination? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, it's her, you know, right, or she feels that because of what Trump said, I don't know how long ago about grabbing by the P or whatever, that is disgusting, which it is. But um, if she couldn't support him because of that, and she almost lost the seat because of that, uh, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But you, like you said, it's a safely Republican uh, state, so... She's probably not in any jeopardy of losing anyway. So well, it's a safely Republican district, right? Um, there's one. There's only one seat in Alabama being. Well, there are only two people in Congress currently. Uh, represent. There's only two people uh, in Alabama current or two people currently representing Alabama in Congress. Doug Jones, the senator who beat Roy Moore in an upset, and then there's also Terry Seawall, who's in a. She's near the Binghamton area, so she's in a really safely blue district Roy Moore, Roy Moore was that the one who had that uh, controversy going on he was the pedophile Pe- right. he was the Pedoph- pedophile yeah right right yeah I think that's what happened with him yeah so um and unfortunately you know speaking of pedophilia we have a really disturbing story coming up soon so brace yourself but uh let's get back to this so um yeah I mean one of the things I've, I've resented about the Republicans recently is that, you know, it's kind of become Trump's party and they're kind of betraying their own principles on issues like trade uh, for Trump. Um, so I've resented that for a while, but uh, I, I am glad she won. Uh, because if you go back to um, South Carolina, there was a Republican congressman and former governor there, uh, Mark Sanford, and he lost his seat because he went against Trump because he was a libertarian and he had principles. Those principles didn't align with Trump's principles. So he lost the nomination to another Republican. And I thought what Trump did endorsing the opponent was a really awful thing to do. Uh, so I'm glad that Martha Roby was able to keep her seat. Anything else you want to add on this? Yeah. No, nothing else on that. Okay, so in another piece of news, let's go over to the Georgia governor's race. 
So, obviously, last week they had the Alabama runoff. This coming Tuesday, they have the Georgia runoff. So, um, back on primary day, Stacey Abrams, the former minority leader of the uh, Georgia House of Representatives, obtained the Democratic nomination for governor of Georgia. So, uh, Georgia... Uh, so, um, Georgia is a state that is considered, uh, hold on. Georgia is a state that is considered, uh, typically Republican. However, hold on. Trump only won the state by six percentage points. So, uh, so some believe that Georgia may be going in a more democratic direction and Stacey Abrams is hoping to flip the state blue come November and be, uh, and be the first democratic governor in years. If she wins, she will also be the first African American female governor in American history ever of any state ever in American history. Um, so she won the nomination easily on primary night in Georgia. However, the Republican primaries were too close to call with Casey Cagle, the lieutenant governor of Georgia, who's being endorsed by the current, the retiring governor, Nathan Deal, uh, a Republican, and uh, Brian Kemp, the secretary of state of Georgia, the uh, primary was easily expected to go to Casey Cagle as he had more name recognition in the state. However, uh, on uh, what was it? Uh, primary day, uh, or right before the primaries, Brian Kemp released a series of ads which went viral, uh, where he tried to paint himself as the most conservative candidate. He had one commercial where, uh, he was with this one teenage boy and he says, this guy here wants to date my daughter. What are the things you got to do if you want to date my daughter? And he's cleaning his gun while he's talking to this kid. And he's like, <laughs> well, you told me, sir, that you're, you're going to cut spending and, and, and you're going to uh, lower taxes and you're going to have a strong border. And he says, and what are the two things you got to have, my daughter? And he says, respect and a healthy appreciation for the Second Amendment. And then he loads his gun and he says, you and I are going to get along just fine. <laughs> and, then, nice. and then it says, Brian Kemp for governor. So uh, those ads went viral and a lot of Republicans really like that. So because of that, uh, a primary which was easily expected to go to Casey Cagle uh, launched him and Kemp into a runoff. Um, and now the polls show them virtually tied for the nomination. And now Donald Trump has announced that he is endorsing Brian Kemp for governor of Georgia. So what are your thoughts on Trump endorsing Kemp for governor of Georgia? And do you think Kemp has a shot of winning in the general election and defeating Democrat Stacey Abrams? Uh, I think he has a shot. I mean, but like you said, uh, Trump only won that state, but you said six points, I think? Yeah, six points. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, 
six points isn't a whole lot, but I guess it depends on on how the state is doing right now economically and and um I'm not sure I haven't really looked to see how how they're doing over there. Do you know how they're doing economically over there? Let's see, Georgia economy. A lot of people think it might be because of some of the minority areas because Atlanta is very the way it works here in my state, New York, where I live in the area I live in, there are a lot of purplish counties. Some are more Republican leaning. But downstate, uh, the reason New York is always a Democratic state is because the city areas, New York City is a very, very blue area. It's like extremely Democratic. Uh, and that's why New York always goes Democratic in presidential elections is because, because that's the most densely populated area. So some people believe that uh, if more people uh, start moving to Atlanta, then uh, Georgia could become a blue state based on the Atlanta areas because Atlanta, like most big cities across the country, is Democratic. Yeah. But let me look at the economy. I'm not seeing I, much. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm going to say that it'll probably leaning towards a Democrat then since I, I would say that by default since I don't know how the economy is doing over there. I'll say it's probably leaning or the Republican will barely win if they do win. Yeah, some people are arguing that Stacey Abrams is too far left and this is considered a traditionally Republican state. It's just turning more blue and she's really far left. Uh, okay, so if she's really far left then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch back to saying it's going with the Republicans then. Yeah, and there's an incumbent Republican there right now. Um, so currently most people have most pundits have listed the state as either leaning Republican or a, as a toss-up. Yeah, I, I would say it. I think I think that they're they're not holding account that the country really isn't that far, far, far to the left. They're more, the country is more moderate, if anything, moderate center. So I don't think I think I think the Democrats are making a huge mistake counting, you know, uh, having all these far leftists jump into the, their races, I think it's going to really backfire in them. And this blue wave that they're talking about is not going to be a, a blue wave at all. Uh, so uh, what are your, do you think it was the right decision for Trump to uh, endorse Brian Kemp? I think so. I think so. All right. Anything else to say on the issue? No. Okay, then. Let's continue. Uh, so, and also speaking of governor's races, when I was in Kansas City, Missouri, even though I was in Missouri, I saw uh, a bunch of ads for people in Kansas because I was at the border between Missouri and Kansas. So, uh, what happened recently was uh, Trump, there's a governor's race in uh, Kansas. Originally, it was going to be an open seat until Sam Brownback resigned to become Trump's uh, uh, ambassador for religious freedom. Uh, So now the new governor, Jeff Coyler, is running for a full term, uh, but he has fierce challenge from Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach. Uh, And Donald Trump himself has stayed out of this race However, Donald Trump Jr. 
has been stumping for Chris Kobach. Uh, and he, uh, you know, he's praising his immigration policies because he's tough on immigration. Chris Kobach was unpopular, was, he's not unpopular, but he's controversial because in 2012, he said Obama should be kept off the ballot because of suspicions that he might be from Kenya. Hmm. So, um, uh, so, uh, but Donald Trump Jr. is endorsing him, um, and he went down to, uh, to do fundraisers for him. So what are your thoughts on Donald Trump Jr. going down to help? Oh, also, I should note, most pundits have listed this race as either leaning Republican or likely Republican. What are your thoughts on Chris Kobach, uh, or on Donald, on Donald Trump Jr. going down to help Chris Kobach? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, like if he, he says leaning more more Republicans, I don't know if they if they have internal polls that shows otherwise that they decided to go down and help. So, uh, well, because I know sometimes they have internal polls. Yeah. So, um, the main thing I should point out. Let me let me pull it up. Do 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 do. So, um, so there aren't any general election polls, but the polls do show, uh, that Coiler and, uh, that Coiler and Kobach are nearly tied. So that could be the reason. Then. Yeah. Now, it should also be noted that there is an independent running. I talked about Greg Orman, who ran for the Senate. He was a businessman who donated to both parties. He is running uh, for governor this year of Kansas as an independent. And his running mate, John Dahl, uh, is, uh, was a Republican uh, state senator, but now he has switched to being an independent to be the running mate of Greg Orman. Now, um, on the Democratic side, this is the first election uh, where since in like 30 years, this is the first election in like 30 years that there's actually been a, a Democratic primary with more than one person running. Um, some of the, uh, the candidates include, uh, well, Jim Ward, the minority leader of the Kansas House, was in the race, but he dropped out. Joshua Savet uh, Spady uh, is the former Kansas Secretary of Agriculture and former state representative. He's running. Laura Kelly, a state senator, is running. She's considered the front runner. Carl Brewer, the former mayor of Wichita, Kansas, is running. Uh, and then also Jack Burt, because in Kansas, there are no restrictions uh, to run for office. So you, you and I could, run, could register to run for any office in uh, Georgia right now. Oh, wow. Except for like a federal position like, uh, like senator or congressman. But like if you or I wanted to – like we don't live in Kansas. I assume you don't live in Kansas. But um, – 
if we want, if you or I wanted to run for governor of Kansas right now, or attorney general, or lieutenant governor, or whatever, we could do that right now, because there, there's no age restrictions and there's no residency restrictions. I think the only restriction is that you have to be a human to run. That's literally the only restriction. So, like, you couldn't run your dog for governor. But, like, aside from that, if you wanted to run a two-year-old for governor, you could do that in Kansas. Wow. <laughs> so, right now, a, third, a high school student named Jack Bergeson, I've talked with him a little bit, actually, uh, is running for governor of this state. Um, but yeah, so these are all the candidates running. Um, but what are your thoughts on John Donald Trump Jr. endorsing, uh, Chris Kobach? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you, you said, there's, was some controversy with him, but I don't think that that controversy will, will hurt, hurt him because he, I remember Trump even used to say himself that, uh, with the, the Bertha thing going on. Yeah. And that, did, that didn't that did hurt Trump, so I don't think it's going to hurt him here either. So that's, I don't think it's going to hurt him. Yeah. And, I, you know, and also with, uh, I don't, like I know with, when it comes to the president, I know independents usually take away votes from Republicans rather than uh, Democrats. I don't know if it'll work the same in other races. Do you think that the independents are going to take away votes from the Republicans or the Democrats? Or I mean, maybe. Have... I mean, the problem with Democrats is I think they'd have a big chance because if we go back four years ago when the last Kansas governor's race was held, keep in mind, this was a this is a very, very Republican state. This is an overwhelmingly Republican state. This is one of the most or this is a very, very Republican state. Almost always a safe red state has never had a Democratic senator since 1939. Uh and you got to remember in 2014, you know, because it was a wave year, Republicans won the Senate. They gained nine seats in the Senate. They gained a bunch of governorships in really blue states like Maryland and Massachusetts and Illinois. Um, so they should have won this seat by a landslide. But the incumbent Sam Brownback, who had been, and plus Sam Brownback had been in politics for years. So he should have won by a landslide. But here was the margin he won by. Sam Brownback won with 49% of the vote. His opponent won with 46% of uh, lost with 46% of the vote. Paul Davis, his opponent. So that's let's see, seven, eight, the three like percentage three points. points. He only won by yeah. three percentage points in a wave year for Republicans in one of the most overwhelmingly Republican states in the country. So Democrats have a real chance here. But like I said, this is the first time in almost 30 years. That Democrats, that there's more than one, that there's actually a crowded field of Democrats. Because what's happened before, for the most part in elections, is one Democrat will run, and that'll be the only Democrat running. Uh, and then that Democrat will just get the nomination. Not this time, though, um, because this time uh, the Democrat actually running is, uh, is uh, the Democrat running was. Um, is actually um, da, 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 da. there are actually multiple Democrats running rather than just one. So they might split up the vote. They might divide each other in the primaries and maybe battle each other in the primaries and beat, beat each other up. And that might hurt them in the general election. 
Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen, which is a good. Yeah. Greg Orman, I mean, I don't know. I think he's more of a – they've said he, he has more slightly Democratic views. He's more democratically leaning. But we'll just have to see. And plus, if if uh, Jeff Coyler gets the nomination and he gets reelected, well, then, you know, he has the advantage – well, if he gets the nomination, I mean, he's the um, – He's the incumbent, so he has that on his side. Yep, that's true. I agree with that. Anything else you want to say about this? No. All right. So let's move on to the next story, shall we? So the Puerto Rico mayor arrested on corruption charges. Huh. Let me pull up the story. So, federal, according to CBS, uh, a mayor and former... Now, you might remember the Puerto Rico governor. She was the one who, during the Puerto Rico incident, she said Trump wasn't doing enough. She also, during an interview, wore a shirt that said nasty on it. Yeah, I remember her. She got arrested on corruption charges. So, uh... So, so I guess she's been um, she's being accused of using uh, five million dollars worth of federal funds in Puerto Rico to pay for the town's public employees and municipal contractors. That's not good. Wow. And somebody saying, oh, no, 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 no. Her lawyer is saying, no, 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 that's not illegal. It's just immoral. They also say that she, that uh, finance director Cruz Quitero deposited some $2.5 million worth of funds to the Department of Housing and Urban Development into the town hall's general and payroll accounts in October 2014. So, what are your thoughts on the Puerto Rico mayor, what's her name, uh... Yeah, I, I think it's, um, it's despicable, you mean, you have, you, you have, she, she's screaming at Trump, saying he's not doing enough, but wh- while she's screaming at Carmen Trump Cruz. doing that, she's... Carmen Cruz was yeah. her name, yeah. Yes, yes, Carmen Cruz, she's... She's screaming, saying Trump isn't doing enough to help Puerto Rico. Well, certainly you're not doing enough to help Puerto Rico. You're doing things to help yourself. Yeah, it's like or or it's ridiculous. It's <clears throat> it's and they say it's only immoral. It's not illegal. I I think that's it's, it's illegal as well. So I mean I don't know the I'm pretty I think they have the same uh, laws as we do here. I think I think that uh, that is illegal and it's immoral and, and it's despicable. I mean, she's she uh, she's screaming about Trump not doing enough, but yet she's here. She is getting caught in this uh, in this uh, what do you call it? Um, taking money. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say about this? No, she's just a dis- she's despicable. Yes, understood. So. Um... Uh. Let's talk about uh, the next story. 
Uh, let's get to it. Dan Coates. So Dan Coates is the, I believe he's the director of national intelligence. Before that, he was a senator from the state of, um, of Indiana. Yes, he is the director of national intelligence. So he, quote unquote, went rogue. And what he, what I mean by that is that he uh, criticized Trump at an event for publicly for how he handled Russia. Do you agree with Dan Coats? And some are saying that Dan Coats should either be fired or should resign. Do you agree with these calls for him to resign? And do you agree with him publicly outing Trump? Yeah, I. What was his quotes again? I don't remember Dan- all of his quotes. All right, let's look up the quotes. Because I know I did come across that story, mm-hmm. but I don't. I'm drawing a blank right now. He said that's going to be special. Let's see here. No, that's let me see what the official quote. And this was, was it a public event? Yeah, said? it was a public event. Um, anonymous White House staff are so political that White House morale is now even lower than it was after the last scandal, and some are eyeing the exits, though no one seemed interested in resigning to protest. Uh, top Trump aides tried to take out a position that didn't anger their boss, yet was still somewhat fact-based and, uh, and inoffensive. This, this, uh, this is nearly, this is a nearly impossible league, Okay, I can't find quotes, but oh no, he says my yeah, because it depends. To me, it depends on what he said. I don't really remember what he said. If he yeah said something, if he said something like he's treasonous or are you... he rebuked Trump's Helsinki claims. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know if he should step down just for rebuking it or not. It depends on what he said to me, but... Hold on. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I There's a video right here. I don't know if it's going to play or not. Let's see. Um... But I guess uh, Nealon is saying that uh, Coates' comments may be viewed as Trump as a betrayal following the praise of Coates in a CBS interview the previous night. So if if, I'm trying to see if I could find it myself. If if he's saying that Trump was a betrayal and along those lines, I think he should maybe step aside, yeah. All right. 
Why don't Why don't we move on to the next issue? Because I'm not trying. I'm, I can't find the quotes here. Uh, yeah. so this one's a little disturbing. Now, this might not seem like a political thing here, but I I assure you, this will cross over into political news. So it all started with, uh, you know who Ben Shapiro is, the political commenter, commentator, right? Yes, I know him. So there is an actor. Uh, let me look up what the actor's name was. Mark Duplass. So Mark... Duplass, let me find... Let me go to my camera roll and find his tweets. Mm-hmm. Mark's tweets or 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 Shapiro, uh, both of them. So okay, here's what Mark Duplass tweeted out. He said, "Fellow liberals, if you are interested in, at all in quote unquote crossing the uh, quote crossing the aisle unquote, you should consider following Ben Shapiro. I don't agree with him on much, but he's a genuine person." who once helped me out for no other reason than to be nice. He doesn't bend the truth. His intentions are good. And then uh, everybody went after him because they tried to say that Ben Shapiro was like a bigot and he was a racist and that he was defending a racist. I, I, I actually got into an argument with one person who said it would be like endorsing David Duke. Oh, wow. And I was like, really? I mean, Ben Shapiro is more harmless than a lot of people on that side of the spectrum. I don't agree with Ben Shapiro on a lot of social issues, but I mean, he's more harmless than a lot of people on the right. I mean, he, he doesn't even like Trump that much. So he didn't even vote for Trump. Um, but uh, he was... So he... Uh, so he got backlash for just saying, you know, we should, you know, maybe cross the aisle. And so he, because of that, he got out another tweet uh, and said, so that tweet was a disaster on so many levels. I want to be clear that I in no way endorse hatred, racism, homophobia, xenophobia, or any such form of intolerance. My goal has always been to spread unity, understanding, and kindness, but I am going to make mistakes along the way. Sometimes I move too quickly when I get excited or fall uh, or fail to do enough research, so I don't communicate myself clearly. I'm really sorry. I, d- I now understand that I need to be more diligent and careful. I'm uh, working on that, but I also do, but I also do deeply believe and bipartisan understanding and i and i will d- 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 continue to do my best to promote peace and decency in the world right now that said i hear you and i want to say thank you to those who reached out with constructive criticism i have genuinely learned so much uh and wish everyone all the best and it's like all he said was wait maybe we should walk across the aisle yeah i don't think he said anything wrong i think i think he only backtracked because because he got so much backlash but it gets worse and this is where it gets disturbing so this is where q james gunn 
So James Gunn, and this all happened yesterday, by the way. So James Gunn is uh, a film director. Have you heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies? Yeah, I love that movie, actually. So James Gunn was the man who directed that, and he also directed the sequel, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. He was also uh, uh, rumored to direct the third Guardians of the Galaxy which is uh, rumored to come out, or he, no, he was confirmed originally, or he was saying that he had been confirmed to start to be the director of the currently untitled third installment of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, rumored to come out in 2020. He said in a tweet, maybe you disagree with Mark Duplass, which is completely fair. Personally, I don't even, I think, I think even Ben Shapiro's mother should unfollow him. But that doesn't wow. make... Duplass's point of view evil. There are a lot of traitors and racists in this country today. Perhaps save the outrage for them. Uh, for them. Not everyone can be right all the time about everything. And if you think that's possible, then eventually you're going to be standing by yourself right but alone. We have a president who's an operative for a foreign nation at our helm. We have immigrant children being held without parents. Our election was attacked by Russia and corrupt and the corrupt GOP is doing everything to make sure we don't put protections in place against it happening again. Mark Duplass tweeting about how you uh, should follow in a hole. He said the actual word. I won't say the actual word because he thinks it's the kind of it's the kind thing to do simply can't be the bar for moral outrage. Have a good day. Well, um, uh, he then went on to tweet out some things about Ben Shapiro, kind of bashing Ben Shapiro a little bit. And Ben Shapiro got into a Twitter argument with him. He got into a Twitter. And this alienated a lot of conservatives. And a lot of conser- some conservatives were also mad that uh, he was bashing President Trump. So there was one guy, let me look up what his name was. Let me look up, hold on. There was a guy, he's a big right-wing guy. He works for Alex Jones. He was a Pizzagate conspiracy theorist. Roger Stone? No, it wasn't Roger Stone. It was somebody I hadn't heard of. Okay. Mm. Did Roger Stone believe in Pizzagate? I'm not sure. I I don't know if he did or not on that. Hold on. I remember seeing some story about the Garden of the Galaxy. They they let him go. I don't know why. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm trying to find what the name of this guy is, and we'll get to that. This is the this is a part of the story. So, um. James Gunn tweets. They were absolutely disgusting. Uh, Where were the official tweets? Let me try and find the first person. That's what I just don't understand why, why um, 
celebrities get themselves into hot water. Why? Ah, uh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Michael Cernovich, Mike Mike Cernovich. Uh. So Mike Cernovich is uh, is a far right uh, PizzaGate conspiracy theorist and a member of the so-called alt right. Um, so in other words, he's a scum of the earth uh, and a demonstrous human being because that's what alt right people are. He uh, found uh, what was it? Um, he found, um, he found old tweets, uh, from James Gunn where he was, uh, making jokes about pedophilia. Now I'm going to try, let me try and find some of the old tweets. I should warn people that are listening, the... I don't know if I should read them or not because they're really disturbing and they're really dark. But these tweets uh, essentially endorsed rape and endorsed pedophilia. Wow. So let's see. Uh, He says, let me try and find one. I'm I'm trying to think of if I should read any of these. I won't read any of these. I'll read one. I might read one of these, but I don't know. I have to find one that. That's wow. He says, uh, well, he said some things like he went to go see the new Expendables movie and he had, and he he said he F worded, uh, he f-worded uh, a little a little boy who was sitting next to him wow yeah that's sick and he said that he uh he said he said that uh when he went to a hotel the shower water felt like uh a 3 year old was peeing on his head what is wrong with this guy this is sick stuff this is sick stuff I mean, it's not even funny. It's it's just playing out sick. Wow. Yeah, and he says, uh, and he says he wanted to make. He said he wanted to make. This is really explicit, but he said he wanted to make uh, movies uh, where, uh, or he said he he kept saying that he was going to make reboots of movies, but he was going to have a twist where little kids get blowjobs. Oh my gosh. It's horrible. Horrible, this... sick things. The fact that he would say that about, you know, a child, that's disgusting. Yeah, it really is. I, I don't I don't see there's no humor in that. It's just plain out sick. It's like really, really sick. Yeah. I'm 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 glad they outed this guy and I hope he never works in his field again. Yeah, he, he, I, I'm glad he they outed him. Honestly, so that's just some sick stuff. Yeah. So what happened was, hours after this, these things came out, Disney said uh, that Disney released a statement saying 
that this did not reflect their values, and that for this reason, uh, uh, for this reason, they were firing him uh, from Marvel Studios. Good, good. I agree with that. I mean, so now there's going to be a new director doing Guardians of the Galaxy three. Sorry, continue. Yeah, I'm glad that they fired him. It's really, I can't even find words to describe how sick that is. It's really beyond sick. There's nothing funny about it. It's it's just plain not sick. Yeah. Now some people have come to Gunn's defense, saying that uh, they were politically, they were simply politically incorrect. Uh, for example, uh, let me get to reason.com. Uh, Reason, uh, James Gunn. Where's the tweet? Okay, okay, so Reason.com, a libertarian uh, news outlet, came to Gunn's defense, saying that conservatives who participated in this lynch mob are hypocrites. However, Reason also... This is the same. Uh, they, they argued that it was just politically incorrect, and that you know it didn't really mean that much because it was just politically incorrect and offensive, and somebody shouldn't be fired just for posting politically incorrect things. However, they also went after Ron Paul for posting a tweet which many people deemed to be racist, and applauded ABC's de- or applauded Disney and ABC's decision to fire Roseanne Barr from her show. Um, so there was that. Uh, ben Shapiro has said that although he does not view James Gunn as a nice person, he argues that these tweets were from 10 years ago and therefore he should not have been fired. Um, ha- uh, and many other celebrities have come to, and uh, Glenn Beck has also come to James Gunn's defense, but, um, Another person that came to his defense was uh, was Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista is the actor. You remember the character Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. So Dave Bautista, who's a famous wrestler, he played Drax in the Guardians of the Galaxy films. So here's what he had to say. He says, I will have more to say about this. Uh, about I will have more to say, but for now, all I will say is James Gunn is one of the most loving, caring, natured people I have ever met. He's a gentle and kind, and he's gentle and kind, and deeply cares for people and animals. He's made mistakes; we all have. I'm not okay with what's happening to him. So, what are your thoughts on what everything that's going on? Oh, and here's the last thing. Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz, um, there were over 10,000 of these people counted and figured out there were over 10,000 tweets. Uh, and Ted Cruz is now saying that if Ted Cruz is saying that he needs to be, if the tweets are true, he's, or here's what he said in a quote, he, uh, on James, he referring to James Gunn needs to be prosecuted. If the tweets are true, what are your thoughts on all of this? What do you make of all this? Yeah, um, with the, as far as reason.com coming to his defense saying 
that is just politically uh, incorrect. This is way beyond politically incorrect. This is some sick stuff from a sick mind. I don't, I don't see how you could say, oh, it's just politically incorrect. They, 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 I don't think they actually read the things that he said there. That's in, that's, it's way beyond just politically incorrect. It's sick stuff, stuff that I don't even want to repeat saying that you, what you just mentioned about. Yeah. You know, it's sick stuff. How could you I, even defend that? I don't get yeah. that. I, I, it's, it's repugnant. It's horrible. And then I'm, I'm contemplating whether I should read this next one. Be, uh, but here, here's what he said about rape. He said, the best thing about being raped, uh, is that when it's over, you're like, whoa, great. I'm not being raped anymore. James Gunn said that. Jeez, this guy. That is evil. That is horrible. And so many people on, what's interesting, a lot of people, including people on the left, are defending, like, Patton Oswalt, who's a big liberal guy, he's defending this. And it's like, really? Do you think Patton Oswalt would ever defend this if uh, a conservative said that? I don't think so. No, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't. Yeah, this is uh, some sick stuff, I mean. I don't. What possessed him? Is got some. He's got to. Is this can't be just jokes. It's got. It goes beyond jokes. It's got to be something seriously wrong. Yeah. He, he's doing it over and over and over, and it's. That's the thing. Like the thing is, if he said this once in private, I mean, I I I wouldn't want him to be fired because if he said one thing in private, okay, I get that people say dirty, really terrible things in private. Like when Trump said the, the the p word in private, right? So if he was caught saying a really like if he was caught with his friends saying one maybe bad thing about rape or something, I wouldn't want him to be fired because that's something he's doing on his own private time. And it um like if you look at like Samantha B when she said the c word, I actually even though I don't like Samantha B at all, I actually defended Samantha B over that because she's a comedian. And listen, she just said the C word, and that was just pushing the boundaries. But this goes beyond pushing the boundaries. He said these things on Twitter in public. Well, they weren't meant to be comedic. And he said these things in public, you know, over 10,000 times. So, I mean, if he said it once, like, now I thought when Disney fired Roseanne, I thought that was the right decision because it was it was a legitimately racist tweet and Roseanne Barr you know she uh you know she knew what she was getting into when she posted that tweet James Gunn knew what he was getting into when he posted the stuff he posted but he didn't just do this once he did this over 10,000 times but what's really really disturbing about this is you know di- you know the way Disney's acted and what do i mean by, by that well with Roseanne Barr, Roseanne Barr actually, you know how she got fired for saying that Valerie uh, Hudson was, uh, or Valerie, what's her name? Valerie. Something with pla- Jarrett, of Valerie the Jarrett. Yeah. Valerie Jarrett. Uh, you know how she said she, she was like a monkey from Planet of the Apes, which was R- racist? Right. Well, in 2013, she said um, Susan Rice who I believe is either African-American or mixed race. I, I'm not 100% sure. She compared her to a monkey as well. 
And she still got her show despite saying that in 2013. So what, what was the deal with that, Disney? And Disney, it turns out Disney actually knew about this. The things that James Gunn was tweeting before they, when they hired him for Guardians of the Galaxy. Because two weeks before they announced he was going to be directing Guardians of the Galaxy, um, when they were looking at all the directors, he put that behind him and he said, listen, I, post, I put all this stuff on my Twitter a while ago. I'm not like that anymore. You know, that, that's the old me. So why is Disney all of a sudden now reacting to this? It, you know, it just seems like they care more about publicity. That's exactly what I, what I was going to say. That's because it came out, and so they care about protecting their reputation. That's what it is. I didn't realize that they knew about all this before they hired him. I will say this, though. I don't think he should be prosecuted for this. However, I do think there should be an investigation to see if uh, – you know, to see if he actually, you know, acted on the things he said he was going to do. Was he just being sarcastic or because a lot of these sounded serious? Yeah, it sounds it doesn't sound like he's being sarcastic to me at all. I mean, yeah, it, and maybe he the, is. Maybe he is. I mean, everybody's innocent until proven guilty. But I just think there should there ought to be an investigation to ensure that he didn't do anything egregious to children. Yeah, and he should he should get a, a psych evaluate, evaluation as well. I just think that yeah, he, he's got that's just some sick stuff. I, I and people I are I saying don't... like a lot of people are saying, oh well, Robert Downey Jr. who plays Iron Man, obviously Iron Man is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe too. Uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. You know, he got arrested. Why aren't you firing him? Well, the reason Robert Downey Jr. got arrested was for drug abuse. And I'm not, by the way, condemning or I'm not condoning drug abuse. But I mean, this was when it comes to drug usage, I mean, people can people ought to be able to do, you know, if people if if adult people, if adult men or women want to do drugs in their free time you know it's a horrible thing but i don't see any reason why that should be you know illegal i agree i agree with you on that and that was what robert downey jr got arrested for was he was doing drugs yeah there's no comparison there this guy is just playing out sick yeah this guy is actually like legitimately endorsing rape and legitimately endorsing child rape yeah as well pedophilia and child rape um in these tweets, it's disgusting. It's horrible. It's disgusting. And, it's deplorable. Yeah, like I said, I mean, if it was once, maybe it still wouldn't be okay. But it, like you said, if it was in private, but over ten thousand of them, that's you know, something is wrong there. Something yeah. is definitely wrong. And what was even more sick was the fact that you know, Marvel. Well, first of all, I should point out that there were many Marvel fans that did call him out for this. There's one guy who actually who has a lot of followers who reposted one of my videos from YouTube on Instagram. He's a really nice guy. And he completely called out James Gunn for this and said he was a disgrace to the fan base and a disgrace to all Marvel fans. And I, you know, I completely commend him for, for saying that. Cause that was definitely, definitely a great thing for him to say. You know, I think that was definitely necessary. It was a horrible thing, horrible, horrible, sick, Things that James Gunn said. How how can you even think of those things? Yeah, I don't understand that at all. There's, 
there's no one in their you know normal person normal person wouldn't say things like this. I mean, who has can, the imagination to think up things like that? Yeah, that's sick, man. That's I don't I can't can't uh, I can't comprehend why anyone would want to say things like that. And over ten thousand times, it's not a joke. It's it's something is wrong there. They really do have to look into it. Yeah. But he he called James Gunn out, and I give him all the credit in the world for that. He he's a nice guy, and he called him out, and I'm very very glad he did that. But many other fans, and listen, I have a Marvel themed Instagram account. Many people on my Instagram were arguing me, saying, "Oh, James, it was ten years ago. It, oh, James, you know you can't you can't go after him for something he said ten years ago. He said it over ten thousand times, yeah. and he was still a director ten years ago. It wasn't like." He hadn't had a career yet, so he knew what he was doing when he got on there. He had still directed two of the Scooby-Doo movies um, at this time, so this was and this was just disturbing. I mean, this was disturbing. And what's even more disturbing is the thought that children go to see these movies. I mean, I know a lot of children that are big, you know, young children that are big fans of the Guardians of the Galaxy films, right? So that makes it even more all the more disturbing. Now is I don't know much about him besides being a a director. Does he have a, a wife and children at all? He was he doesn't have any children. He did Thank have God. a wife. Well, that's good. He does have a wife, but he divorced her in two thousand and eight. Okay, so yeah, something is going on. I I just know that something is definitely wrong. You don't you don't say things like like that over ten thousand times and. And uh, yeah, something's got to be wrong with him. Yeah, I, I I think there there needs to be some investigation. And if there's something wrong with him, well, either he needs mental health help, or either more directly, he needs to be put in a jail cell. But that's only if that's only if uh, there turns out to be more behind this. Right. Like. If it's just sick things that he's saying, obviously nothing should happen, and Ted Cruz is completely wrong. But if he actually acted upon this, then the correct course of action really needs to be taken. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was the right thing for Disney to fire Roseanne Barr and the right thing to fire James Gunn. But again, they knew about these things beforehand, before hiring both of them. So I don't know what's going on with Disney. Yeah, that's the thing that that I think basically, if uh, if it didn't come out, Disney was he would he would still be working for them right now. It's just because it came out, so that's kind of disturbing. Because if I was Disney and I looked into hiring someone and I and they told me they had a past like that and I read some of those things, I wouldn't be hiring them. Yeah, disgusting. But I think with the Me Too movement, you know, that might be. That might be a big deal. Um, but it does make me, again, I'm not trying to judge anything. Maybe he's completely innocent here, but it, I, I do wonder because there have been a lot of pedophilia cases when it comes to the cow, casting couch in Hollywood. Uh, there is one of this one guy who was in a movie. Um, what was the movie called? Um, he, he was a child actor. He's now an adult. And he said that a lot of his friends a lot of his child actor friends were molested when he was in movies as a child and this is disgusting 
And this is and so it does make me wonder, but you know, everybody is innocent until proven guilty. So I will give James Gunn the benefit of the doubt. And I, I just hope that everything I hope, you know, something gets resolved and, you know, I, I hope we everything gets figured out. Hopefully he did nothing to any children. Um, and if he did, if God, God forbid something egregious, he did something egregious to children, then I hope he he's locked up in a jail cell because honestly, pedophiles are, are subhuman swine. I, I don't even consider them completely people i consider them subhuman swine Uh, agreed agreed yeah well let's move on from this extremely disturbing story to another story let's get back into the political landscape i mentioned this because there were a lot of you know ted cruz and ben shapiro were involved um but let's go back into the political landscape and let's talk about Tom Perez. So apparently Tom Perez was a poly- – Tom Perez is the um, uh, the chair of the DNC, and he apologized to black voters for not doing enough to stop Trump from the 2016 election. And here's what he said. He says, we stopped – we lost elections – not only in, in November 2016, but we lost elections in the run-up because we stopped organizing. We stopped talking to people. We took too many people for granted. And African Americans, our most loyal constituency, we all too frequently took for granted. That's a shame on us, folks. And for that, we, I apologize. Uh, and for that, I say it will never happen again. What are your thoughts on Thomas Perez's statements? Well, I think that that what the, what they did was trade one base for another. For instance, the illegal illegal immigrants. I think that they're going after that voting block and and abandoned the black the uh, black voting block. So I don't think that necessarily they stopped talking just be, because they wanted to. They they saw a uh, uh, they saw uh, um a bigger voting block in illegal because some most democratic places don't have voting voter ID laws. Like when I went to vote here in Massachusetts, I was shocked that they wouldn't even ask me for my ID. I even got really angry. I was like, are you not going to ask me for my driver's license? I was really upset at that. So I don't like that, that they don't have voter. You know, you're not, you don't have to show your ID to vote. And so I think that that favors them leaning towards illegal immigrants as you know, part of their voting base. So I think that, that that's what's going on with the Democrats. Okay. Um, so what are your thoughts on, uh, so do you, do you agree with them or do you disagree with them? No, I disagree with them. I think that it has that I disagree with them. I don't think that, that they stop talking. I don't think that they're going to start. I think they're going to keep doing what they're doing to get more illegals in the country and vote to vote for them. Yeah. Do you think, though, where Tom – well, I think Tom Perez is – I'm no, not a fan of him, obviously. But the one thing I will say, uh, if we're being fair to Tom Perez, uh, is that um, is that Tom – Thomas Perez uh, – how do I put this? 
he is right. I do think that they did take a number of people for granted. I do think they took a lot of demographics for granted, especially in the 2016 election. And because if you go back to 2014, Democrats got crushed, but none of, none of them were freaking out because a lot of Republican seats in 2014 were vulnerable and were considered vulnerable. So I think they thought that in 2016, oh, you know, uh, if we lose the Senate in 2014, we'll just take it back two years later. And they took that for granted because they only gained two seats when they were supposed to gain like nine seats. And then they lost to Trump. Um, And I think that was because they just assumed minorities were going to turn against Trump because they didn't like Hillary, when in all reality, they just stayed home. So I think in that regard, he he's right. I think they underestimated that. Yeah, I could I, I could agree with that. Um, so is there anything else you want to say on this issue? No, nothing else on that. So the final story I have for today is a very sad story. It's about a Secret Service member named Noel E. Ramagin. I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce his last name. I don't want to be disrespectful to him because this is a horribly tragic story. I think his name is pronounced uh, uh, Remagen. I'll just say Remagen. I, 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 I sincerely apologize to the family if I am mispronouncing it. I, it's not my intention to be disrespectful because this is a tragic story. He's a Secret Service member. He's only in his, let's see, Noel E. Ramagen. He's only 42 years old. Uh, he was a Secret Service member. He suffered a stroke on the job and died oh. this week. It's being reported by Sarah Huckabee Sanders that that was what happened. Uh Horrible, horrible uh, news. Uh, just, just tragic news. You know, he served his country very well. He served the White House very well, and it's just sad that you know America lost lost him. I think it was a great loss. It's a huge loss for our country this week that we lost such a great man. The U.S. Secret Service officially posted on Twitter. Uh, they said, "In remembrance." Special Agent Noel E. Ramagen. This week, the U.S. Secret Service lost the last lost one of America's finest. We ask for your thoughts and prayers for the family, friends, and colleagues, forever worthy of trust and confidence. Horrible, horrible, sad news. And Mike Emanuel from Fox News says, President Donald Trump on the passing of Secret Service member uh, Noel E. Ramajan. So here's what Donald Trump says. This is his official statement. Earlier this week, United States Special Agent Noel Edward Ramajan suffered from a stroke on duty in Scotland. Yesterday, he passed away surrounded by family and fellow Secret Service agents. Our hearts are filled with sadness over the loss of a beloved and devoted special agent, husband and father. This is even more tragic. He has kids. He had kids. That's even you know more tragic. Our prayers are with special agent Ramagin's loved ones, including his wife and two young children. This is horrible. Yeah. 
we grieve with them. And with his Secret Service colleagues, we have lost a friend and a brother. A five-year veteran of the United States Marines, Special Agent Ramagen, spent 19, 19 years with the Secret Service, and he was only 41. Wow. At the time of his passing, he was among the elite heroes who served uh, in the Presidential Protection Division uh, of the Secret Service. Milani and I are deeply grateful for his lifetime of devotion. And today, we pause to, uh, uh, we pause, uh, to honor this life uh, and 24 years of service to our nation. The, the incredible men and women of the United States Secret Service travel whenever they are needed around the world, spend long periods of time away from their families and tremendous sacrifices for our safety and security. They make up the elite protective agency in the world, universally admired for their extraordinary skill, devotion, and courage. Now, before I let you speak, I just want to have a moment of silence for Ramagen and his family. Okay, with, with all that being said, what are your thoughts on this horrible, horrible, tragic news? Yeah, I mean, it, it's really just a sad thing. He was a young man. He had a wife and children, and it's, uh, it's really a sad day in America that this happened. Yeah. You know, it's really sad. I mean, my heart and thoughts and prayers also go out to, to his family and friends and family as well. It's really tragic, a sad thing to hear. Yeah. America truly lost uh, a great patriot this week. It was, it was very, very sad to see that this happened. You know, he had two young kids. Uh, just, just horrible. Just horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, but anyways, I think that uh, closes out uh, this week's episode. So uh, you can uh, listen to... Uh, thank you again for coming on. Uh, Rashawn, no problem. I just gotta say that your your debate um, central was was amazing. Actually, had someone a liberal they they wanted to debate me because they didn't like the things I said there. So that oh, I don't know. That's how interesting. They, well, that that's good. It starts me, conversation. They, yep, they found me. That's good conversation. You know, it was opening up a larger discussion. So you can uh, watch. Uh, you, or you can listen to uh, Rashawn on the Political Bomb Show. Do you want to talk about the social media sites you can be found on? Uh, just politicalbombshow.cf. All right. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, this will be uploaded on Tuesday. Again, I was going to try and have Political Kathy on, but due to some audio problems, I couldn't. Hopefully, um, I'll be able to get her on another week if she agrees to. Uh, I'm also scheduled to have a new guest uh, next week. Uh, so thank you all for joining. Thank you again, Rashawn, for coming on. Thank you. Uh, and I'm going to turn it. I'm just going to leave it right here. Bye. Bye.